Hello, welcome to After Advent. I'm your host, Mark Wheeler. Last time we talked about living as examples of the kingdom of God and taking the opportunities we have to share that kingdom of God through love and relationship with others, through word and actually sharing God's interactions in our lives, whatever opportunities we have to share the gospel, the love of Jesus, and ourselves. And so, showing them the love that God has for them. We also saw how Jesus shared a meal with someone who was ostracized, and that caused his heart to be converted, his being Zacchaeus. All that is predicated on the reputation that Jesus had going into the meal of being a great preacher, a great teacher, of a prophet, and of some whispering that he may be the Messiah. It is necessary that our integrity be uncompromised, that we be examples of love, compassion, unstained virtue. We are going to likewise use these opportunities to introduce the love of God and the kingdom of God to others. That's why the pursuit of holiness is so important. I mean, other than being in communion with God, being in a relationship with Him, living a life that is full of contentment because that's how God wants us to live anyways, uh, that it's necessary for salvation, or the part where Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Other than the direct order of Christ the King, which really should be enough, if we do not avoid sin, whatever leads us to sin, if we do not conduct good works and therefore give others the opportunity to praise the Heavenly Father, then what good will our relationships be with others? They can support us. We can be friends. They can fulfill that necessary obligation we have as social beings to be in relationship with others. They can fulfill that need for socialization, and we can fulfill theirs. Those are good things that God has created friends to be. But if all of this is not oriented towards our mutual edification, if it doesn't matter one lick eternally that our relationship ever existed, then as people who belong in the kingdom of God, who are living that reality now, who are surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses, what's the point? If our conduct is no different than anyone else, and let me tell you, everyone else has good relationships with people, generally speaking. They have moments of self-sacrifice. They have really good times with their friends, and they genuinely care about them. If our conduct is no different than theirs, and in fact, if our conduct is contrary to the very plain text meaning of the Bible and the teaching of the church, if we don't offer anything substantive or attractive to somebody else, because everything we are and everything we do is just like everybody else, 
then how are we to fulfill Jesus' last commandment to go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Our ability to fulfill that mission, that great commission, is predicated on us demonstrating a good life of honest integrity, repaying evil with good, sharing what we have with the poor, pursuing holiness, acting well towards others regardless of what they deserve, rising above what is clearly our own human ability. And especially important, not doing things that undermine our ability to share God's love with others, yelling at people who wronged us, acting frustrated towards them when it's really a personal issue, complaining about bad situations, talking about people in an objectifying way, or even participating silently in such conversations, living with your boyfriend or girlfriend without being married, getting drunk or high with others. If we do things like this, how are we different from anybody else? Now, one may raise the objection that to object to these things in others and to avoid being around such things ourselves would give us the reputation of being prudish, of not actually being in relationship with other people and being and would be counter to our ability to share the love of God with them. And I would agree wholeheartedly with that. You cannot take yourselves out of the world and be in an honest relationship with the people who are in it and simultaneously, always, naggingly, and constantly object to our friends' and family's failings. Jesus, I might add, doesn't make a habit of doing that either. But we can while simultaneously being in a relationship with people who are not living as God would have them live, and authentically living a life with them, remain ourselves, as St. Paul said, unstained by the world. Jesus was able to do this. And as were the saints, who are our model on how to live this Christian life. They were able to live with others to share God's love with them, to be patient with their failings, and to somehow be compelling in their life so as to help others become like Jesus. When we follow that example, when we do this, when we choose to put our personal integrity as central to our Christian identity, when we choose to obediently follow the teachings of Jesus through the church, it is only from there that our good works can show others the love of God in a way that they will see, not disguised or hidden by our own hypocrisies. This means that we need to take the high road whenever we can, it means that at work, when there's a shortcut, we choose the long way around if there's even a hint of an ethical or moral question. This means that we stand up 
for the person who's being talked badly about. Not just stay silent and let the conversation move on by. It means that we think about and try to emulate the virtues of charity, of chastity, of diligence, of humility, kindness, temperance, patience. This means more than just being nice to your wife or significant other, or being kind to your overbearing boss, because these are ultimately self-serving. You get a reward from your significant other who treats you nicely, and a boss who favors you, or at the very least, doesn't make your work life more miserable. Jesus said, that those who do good works before men to receive a reward have already received their reward. That is not living the divine economy of the kingdom of God. No. We are kind to the mean person, that coworker or customer who's just a snot and deserves no kindness. We oppose actions which degrade the human person which put them down. Decisions that pick on the weak and exploit them. We avoid and we oppose anything which lacks honor. We choose to do that which is good. We reject that which is evil. And we do this in and out of season, whether it is convenient or inconvenient whether we feel like it or not. Other people's reactions have no bearing on our own conduct. Should we be sensitive to others? Yes. Jesus is sensitive to us and does not require more of us than what we are able to give or do or be right now. Jesus does not love only the person we will be. He loves us now where we are. But neither does it mean to change the gospel message or the expectation of following him with our whole hearts. So, too, we should ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom on how to act, what to do when put in potentially compromising situations, and opportunities to share that which is good and true and holy. And above all, we should avoid that which is evil. We should avoid that which leads us to sin. We should love and pursue the things that God loves. When we live with uncompromising integrity, when we put following Jesus and treating others well first, and to do so in a way which does not soil the reputation we have in front of others, then when we have the opportunity to share a meal, to show a kindness, to do a good work, to share that meal with Zacchaeus, that will inspire the sorts of conversations, the sorts of opportunities that will help lead others into that kingdom. And it marks us as a citizen of that kingdom in our conduct. 
as a practical point for this next week. Observe the way you treat others. Observe the way that you work, whether you are at home or with a team. Observe the sorts of conversations that are going on around you, your own participation in those conversations. Is it good? Is it compromising? Would it be embarrassing to object to a conversation? To say, hey guys, we really shouldn't talk about her that way. To say, guys, we really shouldn't be talking about that person behind their backs. This isn't good for the team. To talk about a sibling with your parents in a compromising way. I know that is difficult for many families who have a history of habitual gossip to be the one that stands up and says that you won't take part in it anymore. That can be ostracizing. But it's also the way that you show that there's something else going on. That there's a better life, a better way of being. So that when you need to stand up and say, we should avoid this conversation, we should not do this thing anymore, we should go to Mass. You have the ability to do so from a place that other people have already noticed, yeah, this person actually believes what they're saying. They're not just being a hypocrite. There's a quote from Mahatma Gandhi who says, I would be a Christian, except for all the other Christians. And in a way, he's right. If we are to live our heavenly citizenship now, if we are to hope and pray for God to give us the opportunity to help share that citizenship with others, then we need to, with everything, every aspect of our lives, be conformed into the likeness and the image of the Son of God. So this week, just observe. See the sorts of conversations that exist around you, the ways that people treat people, what your own natural inclinations are, and pray about it. Ask God for insight, for clarity, for solutions on how to act differently if you feel like you need to. But definitely code it all in prayer. We'll end in the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To you I come. Before you I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.